day you have made, and we rejoice in you, in your goodness. You are worthy. You are worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. You alone are worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you've already accomplished in this service, Lord God. Hallelujah. And it's only going, we're going higher from here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good, amen. Good morning, saints. Hallelujah. I am happy that you were in the house of the Lord today. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord. We have an hour's drive when we come to church every day. And I tell you what, my husband and I were talking about it this morning. As we come to church, we get to see God's glory in the trees. I'm telling you, it's like every week it's been a different landscape. And it's just, you can see the artistry of God. And I stand in awe of it, and I told Dan, I said, aren't we so blessed? (laughs) We get to see this every single week. And it's been about five weeks, and we've seen the transition of how it works from, from up by Mackinac and Sheboygan area and how it's, you know, trickled down here. But it always hits Gaylord first, you know? I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, you guys are looking pretty good today. And as you can see, I am not Pastor Norm, and I am not Pastor Barbara Lou Who, and that's what we go way back, and that's what her nickname is. (laughs) I got you, Pastor Barb. I'm sure they're watching. They had a wonderful opportunity to go to a pastoral leadership conference this weekend and to be poured into. And I'm so thankful we got pastors who understand the importance of their spiritual tanks getting filled so that when they come here home to us, they're able to pour out into our spiritual tanks. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we need to ask the Lord to bless them, and we need to pray over the service. So Heavenly Father, we come to you in the precious, all-powerful name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for our Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb. And we ask that you would bless them, just fuel them up, fire them up, do whatever you got to do, Lord God, so when they bring it home to us, that we'll be ready. (laughs) Get us ready for what they are receiving from you today and all this weekend, Lord God. Father, we pray that you would have your way in this service, Lord. I bind every distraction, every hindrance, every assignment of the enemy, and I cancel it out by the blood of Jesus right now. And Lord God, we pray for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Have your liberty today, Lord God. Do in us what needs to to be done, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would anoint me with fresh oil from heaven. Help me to love and feed your sheep in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone says? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, today I'm going to share the word of God, and, and for those of you who don't know me, my name's Martha Joe, and we are members here at, at uh, The Hope. But the name of my message is Great Exploits. And so, of course, you think, well, what does that mean? Well, one definition of exploits means notable deeds or heroic acts. So great exploits are great notable deeds and great heroic acts. Amen? Amen. So in the, in the book of Daniel, 1132b, whoops, did I push it too many? 
Ah, there we go. It says, but they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Hallelujah. In the book of Daniel, Daniel had predicted that there would come an evil ruler that was very, very evil. And this came to pass years later from 175 B.C. to 164 B.C. And the ruler was Antiochus Epiphanes, the Syrian king who reigned during that time. He was very corrupt. And the Israelites, they called him a madman. They, they just thought he was mad. He persecuted Israel like no other king had. And he did exactly what Daniel, the prophet of God, had predicted years before. He ordered Jewish sacrifices to stop. He polluted the temple of God by offering swine's flesh on the altar. He prohibited the observance of the Sabbath. He had ordered that all um, copies of Scripture be destroyed. He set up idolatrous altars. And he insisted that the Israelites would sacrifice unclean sacrifices like swine and as well as eat it. And this was an abomination to them. And anyone who disobeyed him was sentenced to death. And it was an ancient holocaust. So the Lord raised up a family. It was called the Maccabees. In particular, it was a particular family within Israel who lived between the Old and the New Testaments. And the Maccabees, who in um, 167 B.C. rebelled against this Syrian king, they gained freedom for the nation of Israel for the first time since the Babylonian invasion. And they led a heroic revolt against Antiochus. And it is said in the history books that what they did was nothing short of phenomenal. Hallelujah. And you know why? Because they knew the word of God and they knew their God. They laid hold of his power. They took action and they did great exploits, and they broke Antiochus' grip on Israel. And so Daniel wrote about this in chapter 11, 32, but the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Well, the Word of God also tells us in Ephesians 6, 10, it says, be strong in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, there are numerous accounts in the Bible about people who have stepped out, who have stepped up when God needed to use somebody. And they were strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. But the one that came to my mind immediately was David and Goliath. Hallelujah. We're all familiar with David and Goliath. He was a shepherd boy, and he had spent time out on the fields talking to God. He spent time in the presence of the Lord. And because of that, he had developed an intimate, personal relationship with God to the point where he was very zealous for the things of God. So that all of a sudden this giant named Goliath is taunting the armies of Israel for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's walking back and forth and he's telling them how he's going to destroy them, how he's going to make them their slaves. And David shows up, and he hears what's going on. And, and you know what happened? His brothers got angry with him. And they're calling him, you came here to spy. You've come here to be a snoop. And 
what's interesting is David wasn't even enlisted in the army, you know? But do you realize why he was there? Because his dad told him, I want you to go check up on your brothers to make sure that they're okay. And he brought sandwiches to them. He was God's delivery boy, okay? But God knew David's heart, and God knew what was in David's heart. And David saw that something needed to be done because nobody else was stepping up to, this, to fight this battle. And so David responds to the giant, and this is what he says. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down, and I'll cut off your head. And this very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine armies to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He was speaking those things which be not as though they were. Amen? And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And the Philistine moved closer to attack him, and David ran quickly to the battle line to meet him. Talk about courageous. And reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it, struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Whew, yes. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a word in his, or without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And the scripture goes on to say that David, because he didn't have a sword, he took Goliath's own sword out of its sheath and cut off his head. David was a young man at this point who knew God. And because of that, he had spent time with the Lord out in the fields, all by himself, tending the sheep. He had an intimate relationship with God. And it's safe to say that David was doing great exploits already. He took down a champion of giants when grown men who had been in the army of the Lord for years were shaking in their boots. And the reason why David was able to do this is because his confidence was in God. It was in God Almighty, the champion of heaven and earth. Here's a nugget of truth I have for you. When you get alone with God and you spend quality time with him, you too will be able to take down the giants that are in your life. Amen? And I believe that the Lord is looking for ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Amen? Amen. Christians who really want to know God, who will step out of the boat and get out on the water in any given situation. And whether you're going through persecutions or fiery trials or sicknesses, or just wanting to be closer to him and, and wanting him to use you, be a vessel that's fit for the master's use. For God is looking for those ordinary Christians who will take the time to just be with him. Amen? 
And then the Lord, what happens is the Lord equips you to do extraordinary, notable deeds and great heroic acts because God does use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. I had a situation that happened to me a few years back, and I tell you, I was going through a very discouraging time in my life. And to say bluntly, I was struggling in my walk with the Lord. Has anybody ever been there? Well, it seemed like the Lord was a million miles away, and I was struggling to hear his voice, and I was struggling to feel his presence at a time when I needed to hear his voice and when I needed to feel his presence. And so it was a Sunday night service, and I don't know about you, but I was even struggling to go to church. Have you ever been there? <laughs> and so I, I got to church, and I was sitting in the back of the church, the back pew to be exact. And that was out of place for me because I always wanted to be up front where the Lord is moving, you know? But how many of you know when you're going through struggles, you tend to want to be alone on the back pew, away from others who might just pick up on the fact that you're struggling? Well, that was the case for me. And the Lord knows if you're on the back pew or the front pew. He knows. And, and then the Lord would give me a scripture, and, and it's in 1 Peter 4, 12, 12 through 19. It says, Beloved, think it not strange, the fiery trial, to try you as some strange thing is happening to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you will be glad with exceeding joy. Well, I felt like I was going through a fiery trial, and I was suffering, to say the least. But I wasn't at the point of seeing his glory revealed, nor was I glad with exceeding joy. I just wasn't there yet. So the service began, the first worship song began, and all of a sudden, I mean, right off the gate, all of a sudden, an usher comes over to me, and says, come with me. And he turns, and he doesn't say anything else. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Here I'm sitting, minding my own business, and I have to follow someone. I don't know where I'm going. I don't have a clue. But the next thing I know is he's taking me outside in the parking lot. Hmm. Now, I remember, think about this. The service has begun, and I'm thinking, I should be in there. I should not be out here. It just wasn't making sense. In the meantime, another usher came and got Dan and brought him outside. And when the usher took me outside, I saw a large group of people in the parking lot. And I recognized who some of them were. Um, So it's funny because I recognized them by what they do in the church in their service. So the first thing I noticed was there was intercessors. And I'm thinking, ooh, if the intercessors are here, they're praying down heaven here. Something's going on. You know, that was my first thought. And then I noticed that there was people from the healing team. And I'm thinking, why are they here? And I'm thinking, what's going on here? You know, and then I noticed 
there was a particular vehicle that everybody was gathered around. And the windows were down in the car. And there was a young man standing on the passenger side with an older woman. And they were crying. And they were crying a lot. And inside the car, there was a young woman who was still buckled in her seatbelt. And she's crying. The ushers... Now there's more than one usher out there in the parking lot. And, you know, I just want to say that ushers do not get enough credit for what they do in the church. They are a supernatural gift to the church and to the body of Christ. Amen? They're like angels. So this usher took me by the arm. They opened up the driver's door, and they shoved me inside. I am not kidding. At least that's what I felt like they did because it felt like I don't ever remember saying, okay, I'll go in. I felt like an angel of God shoved me in that car that, that day because I really didn't have any say in the matter. And now I'm face to face with a woman that I've never met. She's buckled in her seatbelt. But what I did notice in a big way was the presence of the Lord. And he was really heavy in this car, the presence of God. And my mind is having a hard time comprehending the fact that the Lord is out here in the parking lot of the church. The service has begun inside. Here is God Almighty moving in the parking lot on a young woman that I never met in my life who has no idea She's crying uncontrollably. She didn't understand what was going on, and neither did I if, if I was to tell the truth. And so I went into this situation head first, <laughs> and I felt like I was in over my head, to be truthful. But the one thing I knew, the one thing I knew was the presence of the Lord was in that place. And I had spent enough time with the Lord in my walk with him to recognize his presence. And yes, the Lord can have a tangible presence that you can feel. Amen? Amen? And because his presence was so strong in that car, I'm thinking, Lord, you want to fill this gal with your Holy Spirit right then and there. I mean, I'm feeling it. And as soon as I spoke to her, I said, do you want to be filled with God's Holy Spirit? All of a sudden, I knew it was like those words came out of my mouth, and I felt like the Lord said, whoa, back up. And so I paused, and I listened to what the Lord had to say. And then I knew what he wanted. He wanted her soul. She needed to receive him as her Lord and Savior, to be born again, to get saved that's what she needed. And so I shared the gospel with her in a nutshell. Here's another nugget of truth for you. If there's anything you need to learn to do as a Christian is learn how to lead somebody to the Lord. I can't express it enough. Because you could be thrown into a situation like this. Do you think I could have stopped and said, hey, wait a minute, my Bible is in the pew. You know? Or my phone and my purse is back there, you know. But no, I, I, I couldn't do that. You need to know by heart how to lead somebody to the Lord and to pray the sinner's prayer. 
So I explained to her who Jesus was. I told her how much Jesus loved her, so much that he died for her sins so that she could have a home in heaven. And she needed to give her heart to him today, right now. And talk about a captive audience. I mean, how, how awesome is that? She's buckled in. She can't move, you know. And, and it's like, okay, let's talk. Let's talk. I want to talk to you about God. But God's presence continued to get stronger. And he wasn't going to let her go any further until she had made her choice. Yes. Even in a situation like this, he still gives us a choice. Now let me remind you what's going on outside the car. The crowd got larger. I could hear the prayers going up to heaven. There was the ushers, the intercessors, the healing team, and now there's bystanders. Those were the ones who were coming into church late. And they're, instead of running into church saying, oh my gosh, I'm late, they're, they're in the parking lot saying, hey, what's going on? <laughs> the young man that was there outside the car was her husband. The older woman was her mother-in-law. And they're crying. They're crying out to God. And crying because when you get in the presence of God like this, well, sometimes you can't help but cry, you know? She's still buckled in. She tells me she can't move. And I knew it was because of the presence of God was so strong. And so I asked her, are you ready to receive Jesus into your heart and be Lord of your, your life? And she said, yes. But what happened next, I was not expecting. You know, when you got a boom box and you've got the volume on, well, let's say 10, you know, and it can go up to 100. Well, for me to be able to describe to you the presence of God that was in that vehicle, it was like the Lord had it on 10. And, and as soon as she said yes, she wanted to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. It was like the Lord took the volume and turned it up to 110. I'm telling you, I could barely move in that car the power of god was there in a mighty way and what happened next is she started to manifest demons i'd found out some of her background she was going to kill herself and so i ask you would you want to be in a small car leaning over a woman who you don't know, who is crying and can't tell you what's going on, and you're trying to hear the Lord and see what he wants to do, and then to top it off, she starts manifesting. Wow. <laughs> so I changed gears. I took authority over the manifestations in the spirits, and I cast them out. And when I felt a release from the Lord, I was able to lead her to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Hallelujah. She was gloriously saved by the goodness and mercy of God. And now, after she received the Lord as her Savior, I asked her, do you want to be filled with God's Holy Spirit? Because I felt a release from the Lord to be able to do that. And, and she said, yeah. And she was filled with God's Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, just like the Bible says. 
So here's this little, my little parking lot girl. That's what I call her. And, and she's buckled in and she's praising God. She's praying in her spirit, in, in the spirit. She's praying with understanding. And it was an incredible experience in the Lord, to say the least. Now, I was able to unbuckle her. And Dan got over to the other side and he opened up the door for her. And we got her out of the car. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced when somebody's drunk in the spirit, but she was so saturated with the power of God, she could barely pick up her feet. I mean, she couldn't walk into the, the service by herself. I see a lot of heads going. But some of you have never experienced God like this. It's incredible. And so she's so saturated. And so I came along one side of her, and her husband came along the other side of her, and Dan was behind in case she should happen to go out under the power of God. And we walked into church rejoicing over all that the Lord had done with an entourage following. <laughs> the worship was still going on, and my back pew was still open. And here next to me, on the back pew was this precious family with arms raised up to heaven, tears rolling down their face, thanking God for what he had done and thanking God for a mama who knew how to pray because her son, um, my little parking lot girl's husband, got born again in the morning service. And the Lord captivated his wife on the way to church in the evening service. They didn't know what happened. We're talking baby Christians here. They, they didn't know what happened, you know? And, and so they knew they needed to get to church because somebody would help them to understand what's going on. And so here we are, standing there, praising God, singing, loving on the Lord, rejoicing, over all that the Lord had done. And the next Sunday, they were all water baptized. So praise the Lord. Talk about a radical move of God. She was delivered, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and water baptized all within one week's time. Hallelujah. This was one of those suddenlies in her life and in mine. Suddenly God was on the move. And he used this discouraged child sitting in the back pew who was struggling with her walk with God. He used that child. And dare I say, he took me from the depths of despair to heights of joy. And I can't thank him enough for using me. He could have used any of those people who were in the parking lot that day. They were there before me. He could have. I don't know why they didn't minister to her. I don't know why they sent an usher to come and get me or even how it all came about. I guess I won't know until I get to heaven. But for some reason, the Lord wanted to use me. Maybe the Lord had faith in me to get beyond my discouragement, my struggle, so that I could kick it to the curb because I was tired I was discouraged. And my eyes were on me. They weren't on the Lord. Can you imagine if I would have allowed my flesh to rule? If I decided I didn't want to show up because I didn't feel like it. 
You know, I would have missed out on one of the most powerful encounters of the God kind. But the Lord had faith in me to follow him to a place outside of my comfort zone, outside of the norm or what I thought should be happening, that I had trouble comprehending. And, you know, I always say, I guess if God could use a donkey, I guess he could use me. This situation humbled me. Daniel 11.32, They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. I knew God's presence. I knew he wanted to use me once I was thrown into that car. Up to that point, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know the Lord had set the stage, so to say, to use a discouraged child of God. But once I was thrown in that car, I knew. I knew his presence. And I could have went kicking and screaming and the usher slash angel, who knows, <laughs> probably would have went to somebody else. And God would have had to use somebody else. But here's another nugget of truth. Attitude is everything, even when you don't feel like it. See, God wants to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He wants to use you if you yield to him, if you yield to his Holy Spirit, if you yield to his leadings and guidings and promptings. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss out on what God has planned for you, for the moves of God in, in your life. Just like Peter, he had to get out of the boat in order to walk on the water with Jesus. There was 12 disciples in that boat. They're all in the same boat. And when Peter realized as Jesus is coming on the water, when he realized it was the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Now, the Lord didn't say, come, Peter. He said, come. Well, when I look at that, it's like, well, I'm going too, you know? Peter is the only one who gets to say, I walked on the water with Jesus. Hallelujah. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He had to throw his leg over that edge and make a move toward the Lord. And you know, we all have different boats in our lives that we think they're keeping us afloat, where we're trusting in the boat and not Jesus. Boats of self-centeredness, like what I was going through, because my eyes were on me and not on the Lord. You know, I'm going to throw this out to you. There's no scripture, but I think it should be in the word of God. <laughs> Thou shalt not whine. <laughs> I was whining. Yes, I was whining. Now tell me how many of you have never whined to the Lord. But then there's also a boat of being comfortable and of convenience where you're catering to your flesh and missing opportunities that the Lord has. There's boats of busyness where you're too busy to take time to serve in a ministry. We have several ministries here in need of laborers here at the Hope. We are in need of altar workers here. And if you love to pray with people and you have a servant's heart, we need you. You will be trained, and I have a sign-up out on the service desk if you're interested. The Word of God says in Luke... 418, 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Beloved of God, the Lord's Spirit is upon you. He anoints each and every one of us to share our testimony of how we came to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Do you know that's preaching the gospel? He sends us to heal the brokenhearted, to set people free, to heal people, to bind up their wounds. If you are a born-again believer, the Word of God says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and it will quicken your mortal bodies. Amen? So the Lord... As he showed me the different boats, he also showed me the different people groups in these situations with David and Goliath and with my um, parking lot little girl. You might be in the group of bystanders or spectators. You're part of the body of Christ. You're the, in the army of God, but you're always saying, I'm not doing that. Let's just watch and see what's going to go on. Let's see what's going to happen next. The Word of God tells us to be doers of the Word, not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. Then you might be one of the ones who resorts to praying right off the bat when you see a crowd in the parking lot and all of a sudden you're like, oh Lord, something's going on. Lord God, have your way. And if you tend to be that way, then you need to be on the intercessory team here. Rosemary, raise your sweet little hand. You need to connect with her because she... If you are a prayer warrior like that, you need to get with her. Amen? You might be one of the ones that are scared out of your wits because of the taunts of the enemy. The enemy saying, you're not going to make it. You're going under. Where the enemy says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you out. Then you would be the one needing prayer. Because God says, he didn't give us a spirit of fear a love, power, and a sound mind. Amen? Amen? And then, the next group is you might be one of the ones yelling at your brother for stepping out for doing something you should have done. Ouch! I know that hurt. But remember, David's brothers were yelling at him for stepping out to do what they, they should have or could have done. If that's you, be careful of a critical spirit. You need to repent before that thing gets a hold of you because then you're going to be slanted on how you think. It's going to be critical about everything. And then the last group, you just might be one whom God chooses to use because you've spent time in his presence. You've spent time to get to know him intimately where he can trust you not to sit on your gift, not to be selfish with what he's given you. The Lord can trust you to get the job done, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't think you can. So if, if the worship team would come forward, first of all, every eye closed. Please no looking around. If you need to make your peace with God today, I want to give you an opportunity. 
to ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. And that gal who asked me, am I saved? This is the time for you to make your choice. Because he's giving you an opportunity to make a choice the same as he gave my sweet little parking lot gal to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And so if that's you, raise your hands right now. Any more? I see those hands. Yes. Any others? Yes, I see that. You know whether or not you're serving God or not. You can put those hands down. And so as a body of Christ, I want us to pray together as a church family. Amen? So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you were raised from the dead. I believe that you died for my sins and you took them upon yourself so that I could have a home in heaven. So Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. And help me to live for you and to serve you all the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God tells us that your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, every single one of you who made your commitment today. And it also says that the angels of God in heaven are rejoicing. Hallelujah. So we can rejoice. And before you leave today, if you have not received um, the book, The Start of Something Wonderful, we want to make sure that you get a copy before you leave. But now, we can be ordinary people doing extraordinary things for God. Amen? Amen? You all can. In case you didn't know, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't have favorites. But you have to participate with the Lord. We are co-laborers with Christ. And there are some of you, you have spent quality time with the Lord. You've developed a listening ear. And you're hungry for the Lord to use you. And so for you to, I want you to believe God to give you encounters with him of the God kind. But I'm going to have, for those of you who want that, I'm going to have you stand, but listen to me before you stand. By, sta- by standing today, you are saying, Lord, I give you permission to use me. No more excuses. No more being unfaithful, uncommitted. It's all in. No more staying out in the shallow waters. God's calling you to deeper waters. The word of God says, deep calleth unto the deep. And so if that's you, stand up. If you want more of God, if you want encounters of the God kind, if you want him to use you like never before and do new things in your life that will revive you as well as whoever you minister to. Now I'm going to ask one more thing. For those of you who have stood, I want you to come forward. Because what we want to do is lay hands on you as a point of contact and impartation 
believing with you that the Holy Spirit will open up doors for you to have encounters of the God kind. And after you've had hands laid on you, this is not going to be laborious. This is going to be quick. We need you to stand. We want you to all stand up here so we can get to you. And then just get on the altar. Worship the Lord. Wait on him. Hear his voice. See what he's going to do next in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen.